Talking to members of cults about your faith can be intimidating. What practical tactics do we need to engage in in order to have a productive conversation with people involved in cults? That's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I am your host, Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Hurley. What's up, Tyler? Hey, welcome back. Uh, those of you that are listening right now, we do want to get into the podcast episode this week on how you reach out to people in cults. Yes. That is our main focal point of topic here. Uh, but uh, however, we do want to emphasize something interesting about the coffee tip last week. Yes. Um, this is the coffee tip for this week, and this is a new right. thing we've never done on the show. We always like to give coffee tips. Uh, we've been doing them at the end lately. But yes, we have. today we're going to just lead with it. Here's the coffee tip for this week. Do the coffee tip we said last week. It's unbelievable. Like I went home and I tried that um, uh, Vietnamese egg yolk coffee. Uh, Kelly and I cannot get enough of it. Like it is so, so good. You need to do the coffee tip from last week. Get a couple egg yolks, get some condensed milk, whip it up, put it on top of black coffee. Unbelievable. Like you will thank me for this. Tyler, <laughs> you, have you done this yet? No, I haven't. Bro, yet. you need to do it. Yeah, it like I th- I right wake up it. thinking about it. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if it's socially acceptable to drink a bunch of condensed milk at 8 a.m. Um, it's so good. That's so, great. Yeah, please, 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 please uh, try that out. Yes, and also go ahead onto our social media pages and follow us if mm-hmm. you aren't already. Uh, we also have our Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders group on Facebook, and that's basically turning into a community of our core followers where you can go on there and have some great discussions, ask questions, and um, there's a lot of just extra content that we are communicating with our core followers. So if you want to be a part of that, you'll have to just go on there to iTunes, leave us a review, and then ask to join on the Facebook group, and we would love to have you join and be yeah, a part of it. Yeah, and this this group is so cool, man. These are like mm-hmm. the best people out there, right? I mean, they're, no they're, kidding, in, right. they're into apologetics. They like discussing things. There's good questions being posed. There's good conversations happening. This is also a place, too, where people are sharing um, books, uh, other podcasts, other uh, articles to read. So you definitely want to be a part of this community because it's a bunch of people that have a uh, like mind with mm. you if you're listening to this, and they want to um, uh, engage with you, and we want you to engage with them. So please go on our insiders group and ask to join. We would love for you to be a part of that community. Yeah, it's just such a great environment of people who are like-minded, uh, are seeking after learning more in apologetics and just discussing with each other. So if you love the podcast and you love apologetics, go ahead and try to be a part of this insiders group. Yeah, we'd love to have you on there. Love to talk with you and interact with you as well. All right, so moving on to the topic for today, um, how do we evangelize to cults, right? We've been talking about Scientology for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Very interesting, very different. A lot of people don't know too much about it. Um, But what what does it look like practically when it comes to talking with people who have these kind of ideas? And I, 
Tyler, I think it goes into even um, kind of the the mentality of uh, cult leaders and what cult members believe, because yeah. there is a common theme here uh, when we look at different cults and what what they believe and and who they follow and some trends that we can see kind of threaded through all different types of cults. But when it comes to Scientology, um, again, it's a it's a cult. It has leaders and and people f- blindly follow whatever their leaders say. There's not too mm-hmm. much scrutiny with leaders, and and even not the kind of the dark side of Scientology. It seems like if you start questioning, you get in big trouble. Yeah, right. I, no, I agree with that. It's kind of this cycle that you see too of um, just al- almost like a brainwashing kind of mm-hmm. essence of like, and you see that with other cults too in certain aspects. Yes, but, but it's it's really just this blind faith. It's just I've told you that this is how things are and this is how you should accept it. This is what you should believe. But the thing is, is they don't really provide a whole lot of source evidence for this. And it's uh, you, we see that as a common trend throughout a lot of founders of cults. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, there's there's a lot of people who want to investigate more, right? Yeah. But there's right. also a lot of people who just like to blindly trust. Yeah. I mean, even even in Christianity. Sadly, yes. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, my pastor said this, therefore it must be right. Well, it could be right, but just because he said it doesn't mean it's yeah, right. right. You know, there's been a lot of great pastors who've been mistaken before. Right. And I mean, hopefully, uh, just because you're listening to this podcast, that means that you're someone who seeks out truth. You try yeah. to investigate and learn more and just not take our words for everything that we say. So that's... That, that, that's something that's uh, really important, and you can see that when you look at uh, members of cults. You you don't want to be like that in Christianity. Yeah, we you don't, and we we see these patterns of of cults, and they usually have like a dynamic leader. They're usually told not to investigate too much, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're told, yeah, blindly yeah. trust my sources, uh, and and we kind of want to get into uh, that as we're we're prepared to give a defense to anybody who asks, which includes uh, cult members and other uh, world religions. So. Uh, Scientology, Tyler, it's 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 not a huge population. It's not like right. I don't know any Scientologists. I don't either. Right? Most yeah. people I know I've asked don't know any. So the the likelihood of engaging a Scientologist in an apologetic conversation is probably pretty slim. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I know we have some people who listen in L.A. and Southern California, and obviously that's where they're headquartered. So maybe there's more of a, a, a chance of, of people out there um, engaging in, in that kind of a conversation. Um, but they are around like even here in the valley, there is a Scientology temple. Yeah. In Phoenix. That's yep, right. Yep. So th- they are around. Um, but we want to talk in this podcast kind of just about in general, how do we engage with cult Members, how do we engage with people of other religious beliefs? Yeah, and Scientology follows a really similar pattern like other cults do. Um, and so we want to kind of show a comparison between Scientology, Mormonism, and Islam and pick up on a, cue, a few, a cue, a few <laughs> key themes uh, that we see in all of these uh, different religions. Yes, so that's really important. So we have like these five main points that we wanted to kind of drive uh, on this topic, because you find that with each of these belief systems, each of these cults, their founders offer these teachings that are extremely similar and kind of raise some red flags. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so point number one. Exactly. Point number one is the source of their information comes from one man with no credibility who claims to have received divine revelation without evidence or witnesses. All right, so let's talk through this. Right. 
the source of their information. So they get some type of divine revelation, mm-hmm. right? So, okay, Muhammad claimed this. What's what's the story right. there? He, went he was the cave. in a cave by himself, no witnesses, right? and an angel came and pressed upon him and squeezed him and said, uh, recite, recite, right? And he said, I can't, I can't. And then he said, and he said, memorize, right? And he said, I want you to know this Quran. And he gave him the first uh, chapter of the Quran to memorize. Um, nobody else was around. Nobody claims to have ever seen this angel. But supposedly Muhammad by himself in this cave received divine revelation multiple times from an angel. Right. That's yeah. his... Uh, evidence. Trust That's me source. that this mm-hmm. story happened. Now, here's here's the deal. Um, and I've had debates with people on this. Uh, he could have been making the whole thing up. Right. Because there's, there's no witnesses. Or he could have been experiencing a real spiritual being, like a demon or something, that was there trying to twist stuff. That could be true, too. Yeah. But there's no way to investigate it. There's not. I basically have to trust that Muhammad's telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's always a dangerous place to be in. If I'm putting my eternal life on the line, yeah, that's so true. Right? Well, because there's no, there's nothing else telling you to believe in Muhammad except for what Muhammad says about himself, right? Yeah, he. It's yeah. circular reasoning. He's telling me to trust him because he's trustworthy. Yeah, it's like wait a second, right. or, or because he's special because he got this thing that there's no evidence that actually happened. That that's <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's right. tough, right? So that's what happens with Muhammad. Well, what, what's Joseph Smith's story? Well, Joseph Smith was alone in the woods in New York. I thought he had 15 friends with him. Oh, right. (laughs) Nope. All by himself. You're right. That's right. right. Yeah. He had no one there to witness this. Yep. And he claims that he was visited directly from God. and Heavenly Father. Yeah, Heavenly Father God and Jesus, both in physical form. Right. And they came and they told him... No, all the other religions are false. This is the true gospel, right? Yeah, that's and what they're Joseph restoring Smith claims. the true church to Joseph Smith. Right, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, uh, he, he has multiple visions after that point from... Yeah, from the angel Nephi, yeah, right? Moroni. And then he gets the golden tablets, which that's just this whole mess of explanation. But Yeah, from Moroni. But, but, the, but the thing but is, yeah. he's alone every time. Right, every single time. And see, that is, again, okay, there's a key theme. These guys are getting this divine revelation mm-hmm. when they're all by themselves. You can't verify if it happened. I just have to trust them. I just have to take them at their word. Right. How did Ronald Hubbard get his visions so or his, his idea of truth? What, what, what did he claim? Yeah, well, he claimed he traveled around the world. And he met around w- with medicine men, different like people of different cults, mm-hmm. religions. And he says that he one day just came to this realization that th- we were all in this mess that is Scientology, basically. He, yeah, he just says, I kind of, I kind of he figured, said he it, figured out it out. From, he tapped from, into it, but there's again no evidence he traveled around. Yeah, right? no evidence he traveled. Uh, like, uh, I mean, there. The, the claims that he traveled around, at least in his adult life, there's mm-hmm. no evidence that he went to all of these places. And the other thing is no other religion or even the occult claims any of these things in Scientology. You're right. That's a good point because I was going to say even if there was evidence that came forward and said, yes, he traveled to all these places, he talked to yeah. all of these different cults and religions, none of these cults and religions are coming forward and saying, yeah, what he said is true. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know any other no. <laughs> group that believes these specific things. No, they things. don't. They don't believe that. But you have to trust him at his word, that he discovered, he became enlightened, he figured it out. Right. And there's no way to go verify 
these these claims or how he figured this out. Exactly. So again, it comes down to you just have to trust a person that they received this idea or they figured out these ideas and there's no good evidence to follow with it. Right? Yeah. And that's a common trait that we see in cults. Yeah. Well, what's the second common trait that we see? Yes. So the second one that we see is, especially with these three that Mm -hmm. we're talking about, all three of them were married to multiple women Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, too. Yeah. All three of them at the same time. All three of them at the same time. And they all had, uh, like, uh, just have sexual relations with multiple women. That's a case that you find with a lot of cult leaders. It's yeah, just it how seems it to be one of the reasons that they start these religions or cults. It does. You, right? you would really think that. Yeah, yeah, and it is interesting to think about. Yeah, Joseph Smith, I'm pretty sure, even on um, the Mormon Church website, they claim that he had 33 wives. Yeah, that's, right? that's upfront. They're up front about that. Muhammad mm-hmm. um, married uh, Aisha when she was six years old. Yeah. Right. And had other wives. Um, So, yeah, this is a common theme with them. You see that they all had multiple wives, multiple sexual relationships with with many different women. So that's Mm -hmm. the second point, the the kind of key theme we see. What's the third? Yeah, the third is that they basically claim to have revealed their own sacred text. They all have their own. Bible, basically. Yeah, and you, and you need some kind of guidebook, right? You need some kind of sacred text. Yeah, so Ron L. Right. Hubbard says, I figured all this stuff out, and I wrote Dianetics, and then continued to write other yep, stuff. Yep, Dianetics. Muhammad says, I received these words. These are God's words through the angel to me, and I've written them. Well, I don't think he wrote them. They were written later, actually. Right. Uh, they were supposed to be recited and memorized, but eventually they get written down in the Quran, right, in, mm-hmm. the, in, in the book, the holy book of, uh, of, of Muslims. And then Joseph Smith says, I received uh, more like a, a, I received the location of these golden plates that were written in a fake yes. language called Reformed mm-hmm. Egyptian. And <laughs> I've translated them for you. But again, nobody ever saw the golden plates. Yeah. And not only that, he can, I mean, what's crazy too is you see that, um, at least with Scientology and Mormonism, not a, I'm not 100% sure about uh, Islam, but I, they, these two religions, Scientology and Mormonism, they even continued after that to write other sacred texts. Yes. They're saying this is authoritative. This yep. this is very um, well. No, and and it, it did like with with um with Islam, the Quran is God's word. But right. The Hadith, uh, the, right. the writings okay. about how Muhammad lived his life are really sacred, and you're supposed to follow them as well. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that proves so you did have more. Yeah. Yeah. So there's you see that they have other texts on top of it, but however, there's one book that they all three go back to, right? Yes. That's a con- that's a something that they all have in common. Yep. It's like the first one is the biggest, and then they have extras yeah, that come later. Exactly, exactly. Well, what's the fourth point? What's the fourth common theme we see? Yes, they all claim to have the key to salvation. Yep. Right. That because you got to think about it. Some there are a few, but there are some some like cults or weird. Uh, belief systems out there that don't have a key to salvation, but it's like they they believe in just like just different ways to get through life or different mm-hmm. uh, and, or use magic for your own yeah or use magic for personal good. But there's no like big story, right? To it. Yeah. All of these do have a big story. Exactly, they, these have a big picture, a key to salvation, to enlightenment. Yeah, right? and let, let's think about this. Okay, yeah, the goal for the Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Is to clear yourself of all of your engrams so that your phaeton, instead of going back to Mars and being reprogrammed with implants, 
And if you if if this sounds crazy to you, listen to our previous podcast. I know I'm saying a lot of terms, but but the goal is to not go back and get implanted and then come back to Earth, but to go home to your home planet. Yeah, that's the goal. What happens on your home planet and after that, who knows? But that's the goal. That's the goal. The goal of Islam is to get into paradise by having at least fifty one percent a good versus forty nine percent bad in your life and there's an angel on your right shoulder and left shoulder that record all of your good deeds and the other one records all of your bad deeds and when you stand before Allah and the scales of justice are you know out um, your good better outweigh your bad Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't guarantee that you get in but it gives you a good shot so how do I do good well you do the five pillars of Islam right you you pray you recite the Shahada you do a pilgrimage to Mecca you give Right, two point five percent of your income every year, um, and you fast at Ramadan. You're supposed to do these things, um, and then hopefully you'll get into paradise with, is it seventy virgins? Yeah, seventy. Right? Mm-hmm. Mormonism, the goal is to do a whole bunch of work, which is really tough. Temple work included, get yep. sealed to your wife and your kids in the temple uh, for all time and eternity. Um, tell the truth. Always right. Yeah. Uh, Bruce McConkey, one of their one of their prophets, said, "We must do better than we can do." Mm, How yeah. can you do better than you can do? Right. That's yeah. To that's, try is weak. <laughs> Remember, that's what he said. You to must try be is better. weak. Yeah. Yep. We must do better than we can do. And so Mormonism is this impossible task of trying to live perfectly, mm-hmm. according to what Joseph Smith says. Um, uh, and the, the hope of that is to get to the third level of heaven, the celestial kingdom, and to become a god of your own planet and have many wives to populate your own planet. Yeah, right. All of these, so again, they all do have a key to salvation, but the key is always you work hard. Mm-hmm. You go to therapy and no, pay right, a lot right. of money to clear yourself. You do the five pillars. You do the temple work. Right. It's always yeah. works-based. Complete opposite of Christianity, which is Jesus did the work and it's grace. It's a gift that he gives me if I trust him. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is another key theme of all false religions and cults is that they're works-based where you're the one saving yourself. You're right. You're right. They are. They're all works-based. Yep. That's a good point, Robbie. And then uh, I like how you even mentioned uh, you brought up Jesus in this because that brings us to our fifth point mm-hmm. uh, of what cults have in common is that they all have a twisted version of Jesus. At least these yes. three do. Well, I think all of them do. And this is well, what's, they do. Yeah, what's you're right. very interesting to me is everybody has to deal with Jesus. Right. You got to mm-hmm. account for him somehow. Why? Because everybody knows who he is. We track time based on this guy, (laughs) which still blows my mind. If he was just some peasant uh, carpenter from first century Palestine, how how is it that we mark time based on him? Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting that he could accomplish something like that. (laughs) No kidding. Um, So, yeah, but they all do have to reckon with Jesus. They have to deal with him. They have to account for who this guy was because he did something unbelievable. Right, yeah. And they all, that's the thing. They all do. They give accounts of that. I mean, uh, probably the biggest one is uh, Mormonism because they, they, try, uh, they use Jesus' name mm-hmm. in their, uh, like on the front of every one of their church buildings. Yeah, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus Christ is always in a bigger font. 
Yeah, you're right. And yeah. then, um, and, and not only that, I mean, even now they even now have it on their name tags. Like I saw, uh, yeah. I, I saw some Mormon elders come in today when I was at work, uh, Chick Fil A, and they came in. For yeah, that's on their name they, tag. The church. Yeah, of I saw, Jesus I saw Christ. It, and I was yeah. like, yeah, Jesus Christ, all caps. And that that's the thing. So they they front run Jesus, but then when you break it down and ask them who they believe Jesus is, it's very twisted mm-hmm. from Christianity. It, yeah, because yeah. it's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's not. It's not how Jesus describes himself. And that's what's always interesting is if you want to know about Jesus, why don't you go read what Jesus said about himself? Yeah, that's very true, Robbie, because they do claim that this is who Jesus is, his personality traits, and then the Mm -hmm. things that he did. But then when you break it down, it doesn't line up with what he actually says about himself. So what do you you want to believe, the actual source? Yeah. And hear it from the person— that we're talking about, or hear from someone who says, "No, no, no, yeah. he he doesn't he doesn't know what he's talking about." I mean, seriously, this is who he really is because what because what you're trusting in, you're going back to these guys, yeah, who have no verification of why we should listen to them, yeah, right. So you have, I mean, think about it. So Muhammad, six hundred eighty, mm-hmm. so right. you got a guy six hundred years after Jesus telling you about who Jesus really was. Why yeah. would I listen to that? But, like, I mean, what, what is it? It's 2019 now, right? Mm-hmm. So 600 years ago is, my math is bad, 1419? Yeah, right. Okay, so would you trust me telling you about, you know, uh, Wycliffe? Or, right. or, you know what I mean, going way yeah. back to these guys in the 1400s? Like, why would you try? I could study it, but man, wouldn't it be way better to talk about somebody who was back there and knew the guy? Yeah, she's no better kidding. source material. So Muhammad's the best one we got. Six hundred years later, then you got Elron. Well, you got you got Joseph um, Smith, Joseph yeah. Smith in the early eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking eighteen hundred years after, and he's telling us the real story. Uh, I don't know about that, man. And yeah. then you've got Elron Hubbard, right, in the nineteen fifties, telling us, "No, this is who Jesus. He's an implant. He didn't even really exist. He's okay, this it, memory thing." That's we another all have. thing. And, Do you ever think about like how crazy it is? How new? Scientology is still. Yeah. It really is. I mean, 1950, it hasn't even been 100 years yet. No, and listen, and new like, doesn't mean wrong. No, right. I, I'm automatically, not because that. a lot of scientific discovery is new. Of course. Technology yeah. is new. But I'm just but, thinking. But yeah. yeah, you'd think that if there was uh, this reality out there, what what was so special? That, that again gets down to what was so special about L. Ron Hubbard that, that he he's tapped the one into that, yeah. Who discovered it? It's just, it's very, it's very, especially odd. when you see his life and all the flaws that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like, it just doesn't seem like someone, I mean, by their own definition, by Hubbard's own definition and standard, mm-hmm. he had a lot of engrams to deal with. Yes, he did. And he asked, yes, he so, did. So how, how could he, stacked up with all these engrams, become enlightened enough to the point Trust to where he could thoughts, tell everybody yeah. what happened? You know, I can think of a lot of uh, people who have probably, like, based on a worldly standard, mm-hmm. had, had a, done, gone through a lot less than he has. And then yes. you look at that and you think, based on the Scientology standard, yeah. who has more engrams yeah, would he'd be have a lot from the stuff and yet he's, he's the one through. who's enlightened. Like that, it just doesn't kind of contradicts sense. itself. It does. Well, and this yeah. is the thing too. When you get to Jesus, like you said, all of them have a false idea about him, right? <laughs> right. According to Joseph Smith, who's Jesus? He's the brother of Satan. Mm. Yeah. He's he's our older brother. Yeah. Right. He's just like us, but he was the older brother who had a good plan about how God could redeem the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's lesser than what Jesus actually claims about himself. 
L. Ron Hubbard says he's just an implant that doesn't really didn't really exist, right? It's just like a story we've been implanted with. Mm-hmm. Mythological. Um, and then you've got Muhammad who says he was just a good prophet, but he's not God. To say yeah. God in, in Islam, the biggest sin you can commit is the sin of shirk, which is to attribute anything to God. So to say that God has a son is the worst sin you can commit. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. all have these complete, like you said, twisted versions of Jesus. They do, yeah. And, and this is a common theme that we that we see in in, relig- in in false cults and false religions, right? And just again, to go through them, point number one, their source information comes from one guy that has no credibility or evidence as to why we should trust him. And nobody right. can yeah. investigate because they were all alone when they received these ideas. Um, all of these guys were married multiple times, had multiple sexual partners. Mm-hmm. They all write their own sacred texts, which again, the Bible has multiple authors, right? Yeah. Multiple authors. It doesn't contradict that's itself. A, that's a that's great a point. They point. don't come from one person. I mean, scripture doesn't. It comes yeah. from many authors. Revealed yeah. over a long period of time, right? Yeah, but with all, not contradicting each other, but they all have the same key message, right? Yep, from many different cultures, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing, too. Many when you read times. these uh, these other sacred texts, they all are confined to their own culture. They are. You got the yeah. sci-fi genre of L. Ron Hubbard. You've mm-hmm. got the 1800s lingo of these and thou's because Joseph Smith was trying to copy the King James Version of the Bible. Right, right? yeah. You've got the, the 600 uh, era of Muhammad's writings that talk about poets because poets was a, a big thing during the time. And people thought poets were demon-possessed and to recite was this. And So you've got all these cultures wrapped up in the one book by the one author. Right. Where in Scripture you have multiple cultures. You have the Bible written on multiple continents, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So the Bible is just very different than these books that were written by one guy. So again, to just run through what we said, point number one: the similarities between Scientology, Mormonism, and Islam. Their source of information comes from one man. Mm-hmm. Two: they were married to multiple women and had multiple sexual partners. Three: they revealed their own sacred texts. Uh, four, they claim to know the key to salvation, which is always works-based. And five, they all have a twisted version of Jesus, which is complete opposite of who Jesus claimed to be himself. Right. Yeah, that's that's the same thing you see with it's all of them. It's very similar. Seems like a similar lie going out. Yeah, and that's the thing. And uh, we can know when we're dealing with cults and false religions that um, uh, how to refute their claims— through these arguments, based on what we already have in Scripture, because we can see and trust and believe in who Jesus says He is, because mm-hmm. He's reliable. Yeah, and I and think that's always a good thing to point them back to. Like, why yeah. should I believe in Joseph Smith's version of Jesus instead of Jesus's version of Jesus? Right, and then that's some something that I've speculated when looking at um, at these religions is I, I um, especially with Scientology. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing is, is I, I kind of wonder because Hubbard made statements about Jesus and said. Uh, he was an implant and described like who he was in his life. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think he really existed. But the thing is, for him to make a statement about that insight, to, uh, it, to me, that implies he was pressed about Jesus. Yeah, you have to deal with Jesus. Yeah, like, meaning that people were asking him and saying, well, why do, what do you think about Jesus? Like mm-hmm. if you're saying that this 
sci- like the whole idea of engrams and thetans and like this all being a fake reality with implants. Yeah. Then what was Jesus? Yeah, because he didn't seem to think it was a fake reality. Yeah, right. <laughs> and not only that, there's a lot of evidence to that points to him actually existing. And oh yeah. Being well, that, like that's the thing. It's his like, resurrection was witnessed by multiple people. It wasn't something done that only one person gave witness to. Yeah. I mean, it's completely mm-hmm. different from from these other guys. But then and then he just goes ahead and claims. Oh, that's all an implant. But then how do you know that what Hubbard's telling you isn't an implant? Yeah, in 10 years, I could start a cult to say all the teachings of Hubbard was just this massive implant, too. You know, and then it's just like, yeah, it just thickens the plot a little bit. Yeah, we we shouldn't be surprised by these things though, mm -hmm. because what what also is interesting is that Scripture tells us that these types of things are going to happen. Right? right? Second Timothy four three says, "For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions." And I think that's interesting because. a lot of cult leaders and, and false religious leaders do what they do, and we've said this mm-hmm. before, but it's so true. They do what they do in order to get money, sex, or power. Right. And that is – people like that. People like listening to teachers who will tell them to pursue their own passions. It makes sense to mm-hmm. me that people would want to follow somebody who said, oh, yeah, you can have more than one woman. Yeah. Like it makes sense to me because that's a sinful desire that we have. Yeah, all and three so, of them taught that. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no big deal. Go ahead. Um, and so again, the Bible warned that this kind of thing would happen. So this isn't some kind of a new idea that's happening, right? These things have been going on for a long time. These are just kind of um, rehashed old ideas. It's it's really interesting to me, especially with Islam and Mormonism. They're so similar in a lot of ways. There's like 40 ways that Mormonism and Islam are similar. Yeah, and, and I think that it's fascinating to think, okay, it seems like this lie is being proposed by maybe a similar source, right? If there is uh, yeah. demons, maybe they're just trying to do the same thing they've done before on a different continent at a different time. Yeah, I, I think it's very possible. Yeah, it, it makes is. sense to me. It fits in my worldview, right? And um, I think part of it is because you, you'd think, why don't they come up with something new? Like this is, it seems like there's like just a, few, a small group of ideas out there for false religions, right? Yeah. And they all have yeah. a common theme. And scripture talks about that too. It says yeah. that like like demons will influence the world and uh, mm-hmm. like people will go after their, their beliefs and like their, yeah. what they're teaching. And, yeah. and I think that part of the reason though why they don't come up with any fresh ideas is because demons aren't very creative. Yeah. They were angels originally, right? They fell. But humans are made in God's image and likeness. Mm -hmm. And he's a creative God. And we're creative. I don't think demons are very creative. Yeah. That's why they keep rehashing the same old hat ideas. Well, it makes sense because, like you said, they're not created in the image of God. We we know that. They're scripture. So... Yeah, just thinking, thinking through just where they come from, I in the attacks that you could think uh, based on what's described in scripture, it mm-hmm. makes sense if this is a repeat issue caused by demons. I mean, it's it's. I think it's fair to assume that that's likely. I think so. So when when we're confronted with someone from a cult or from a false religion, Tyler, w- what are some ways we can go about witnessing? What are some tactics we really should remember? Like. Not should remember. What are some tactics we cannot forget 
when yes. we're discussing these mm -hmm. topics with a Scientologist, with a Mormon, with a Muslim? What What are the things we have to remember to do when talking to them? Yes, uh, something that I think is really important. This is just based in Scripture um, and just uh, in love and how uh, just how people relate with one another, honestly. It's just meeting people where they're at, I think. Because uh, something that's really interesting to think about is um, the, these ideas and these belief systems, they're, they're honestly, they're really easy to make fun of. They are. Yes. Uh, like, especially Scientology. is very, because it's so outlandish. Yeah, yes. It's, it's very laughable, right? The whole, this whole idea that this general Xenu of a mm -hmm. planet far beyond our reach, 90 million years ago, bringing aliens to Earth to kill them and then turn into us one day and evolve into human. Like, that's just, it sounds like a joke mm -hmm. when you hear about that. And, you know, and that, that's that, that's okay to realize that and to point out like this is so unbelievable it's almost it, like funny mm -hmm. that's the thing and, and it is but that doesn't mean that that's how we should approach ministering to people who are in this cult. Yeah, you could do a lot of damage by making fun yeah, or attacking yeah. or laughing at or saying, are you kidding me? This is insane. How do you not see? Uh, that is not the way we're supposed to approach uh, these these people right. were supposed to love them because they're confused. They believe in lies, um, and no matter what the lie is, we should care about them enough to take seriously mm. them as a human being and to love them and to show them again, like First Timothy or First Peter three fifteen says, gentleness and respect. Right, right. That's yeah. the whole point. Do we got to do this with gentleness and respect? So we can't mock. Yeah. we can't make fun of. We can't be agitators. And I think it's also just seeing them as someone, a human being that is created in God's image, and they're longing to worship their Creator. Mm -hmm. They are. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, human beings. Are have this intrinsic instinct like that's built within us to seek after our Creator or to worship. We mm -hmm. we want to worship something by instinct. It happens, and, and that, that's the thing. And so when you take the approach of thinking of the cult member as person created in God's image who is longing uh, internally mm -hmm. to worship their Creator. And the, their creator is longing for them to come and worship them. Uh, I think that it gives us a different mindset when approaching how to speak with them in love and gentleness and respect. Yeah, and so when you're talking with a Scientologist, if you get the chance to right. talk with a Scientologist, don't just say, your beliefs are so crazy, General Xenu, that's not a good approach. Yeah. Um, what I would do is I would, I would ask them, okay, why do you think Ron L. Or L. Ron Hubbard was a trustworthy person? Right. Because you're, yeah. you're staking your life and what you're seeking, the best your religion has to offer, uh, based on trusting that yes. what he says is true. And with so that, what, yeah. what reasons do you have to trust he was right? Yeah, and with that, I think you should press on uh, what Hubbard said about Jesus and mm -hmm. then say, okay, if, if he really claims that Jesus was an implant, who's to say that what Hubbard's telling you now isn't an implant? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a How great tactic. How can you know? That's epistemology and philosophy. Yeah. How do we know that we know that we know? Right. Just keep breaking it down. And then yep. it's like, okay, well, how do you know that Hubbard is reliable? And then uh, how can you trust that Je he's the, the claims he makes about Jesus is reliable? Yep. And what you're asking yeah. for is evidence, right? That's, right. That's what you're asking for. Give me some reason 
mm-hmm. to trust this guy. Yeah, and you can't if you, just say, just mm-hmm. trust him. And then you can focus on a bunch of different aspects of Scientology, uh, but the, the, if you focus, the key point of focus on the source of of Hubbard's knowledge and mm-hmm. then focus on the person of Jesus and who Hubbard claimed Jesus was, uh, I think that's the best approach into ministering, into sh- evangelizing to a Scientologist. Yeah, and you want to keep Jesus the main thing anyway, because mm-hmm. as Christians, that's what saves people. Jesus saves people. Right. So yeah. I want to talk about what I believe about Jesus. I want to talk about, let's look at what Jesus claimed about himself, not what some guy 1950 years later claimed about him. <laughs> yeah. Now, the same goes for when you're talking with a Mormon, right? So yeah. often, and I have seen this, and it's mm-hmm. it's sad to me, it is not loving to talk with Mormons about why they don't drink coffee, polygamy, holy yeah. underwear, temple ritual, right? Because again, let's just say you convince them that they can drink coffee. They're yes, still not right. saved. No, they're not. Let's just yeah. say you convince them that the temporal ritual is wrong. They're right. still not saved. So you need to talk to them about the differences you you believe about Jesus and about how you gain salvation. Right. That's the key issue, right? And and you do it in a loving way, a kind way, not being an agitator, asking questions. But so often we want to go to these I, I do think it's kind of like a it's a red herring built into cults because there's certain things that are real interesting to us or really so different from what we believe that, that demons place them in these cults because it attracts our attention to talk about stuff that doesn't matter mm, instead yeah. of keeping the main thing the main thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's... Uh, it, the focus should be Jesus. That's Absolutely. that's the bottom line behind it. And then, you, uh, like we talked about too, like you even see that with um, Muslims. It's uh, same thing. You don't want to mock them or it, talk poorly about like Muhammad mm-hmm. or because uh, with that being like their greatest sin and like that that's just not meeting them where they're at. You want to yeah. You don't want to mock Muhammad to a Muslim because yeah. because they'll they'll stop listening to you. Too. They will. You're right because it doesn't uh, to me too. That just doesn't. I, I think from a realistic relational standard, that doesn't show that you care about the person. No, it shows – and this – and again, we've said this a lot, but this is like a yeah. mantra of Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We don't want to win arguments. Yeah, right. We want to win people, mm-hmm. right? Winning an argument is easy, especially when you have the truth. Like, I mean, it's not because we have superior intellect it's not because we are are better in any way as human beings. It's just because we follow what's real, and what's real always trumps what's not real. It's mm-hmm. easy to point it out. So we can't get so arrogant as to just beat people up with the truth to win an argument. It's easy to win an argument, but to win a person is hard. And right. that's where gentleness and respect comes in. That's where loving our neighbor as ourself comes in as we share the truth. So, yeah, when, when you're talking with people of different cults or different religions, you, you've got to remember you're trying to win the person to Jesus, not win an argument. That's too easy. Yeah, right. And then the thing is the Bible even warned us that this would happen, that people would stray away from Jesus and from his teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see that, as we mentioned in First um, Timothy 4.1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Mm-hmm. P- uh, this isn't a surprise. Like uh, God know, knew ahead of time that these ideas would be <laughs> coming out in the world, that people would be seeking after a different 
form of salvation aside yep. from him and aside from Christ. It's, it's just... Uh, it's just what we need to point out is the flaws in that and say, look, the source of salvation comes only through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and the, yeah. the other thing is, too, is I think we need to empathize with people who are wrapped right. up in these false beliefs. Because that verse in, in 1 Timothy 4.1, mm-hmm. it says that they'll devote themselves to deceitful spirits. You see that? Yeah, I see. It. Th- these people are deceived. They're tricked. They're believing a lie. And we need to empathize with that because anytime you believe a lie, it hurts you as a human being. Yeah. Right? It leads to bad stuff. And we need to love people enough to be kind and to to talk about the main things with them and show them who Jesus is because they're deceived. They're deceived. And um, Jesus cares about them, and we should care about them too. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to uh, – not only are we going out and talking to these people about Jesus, but that we're praying for them. Uh, yes. I, I think prayer is very important when it comes to um, – uh, trying to bring someone to Jesus, especially people in cults, because they're so uh, engulfed in lies. Uh, I, I just I want to encourage our listeners: just uh, please be praying for Scientologists. Yes. Uh, uh, be praying for Mormons and for uh, Muslims, and just that they could come to know who the real Jesus is. And um, mainly, too, especially for Scientologists, uh, I want to emphasize them because um, a lot of people talk about these other religions, and we focus on. Uh, Islam and Mormonism, even a, a bit in the podcast, but uh, Scientology is not talked about much because it's not that big. But there's mm-hmm. still there's a community of them that exists out there, and they need Jesus. They, yeah, and they he need, cares about them. Yeah, and so so I encourage our listeners, please pray for Scientologists. Uh, pray that um, uh, the Church of Scientology would get would come to an end. Honestly, yes, because uh, it's all it's doing is producing lies and deceiving people. And it's yeah, and it's. Hurt hurting people. It's hurting people. Big time. It is. It's hurting people. It's ruining lives. It's it's ruining destroying families. Yeah. Yep. It's horrible. And I I just I think that if we focus on the gospel being spread to these cult members and seeking them out in love and in truth and showing them who the real Jesus is and but and praying for them on a regular basis that um, God can do some amazing big things in their lives, and he can do some big things in just the Church of Scientology in general by um, leading them to him, Yes, right? Because that's what they're That would be awesome. After. Well, and the other thing is we want to kind of issue a challenge for you this week, right? So right. Tyler, tell us what is the challenge we have for people? We definitely want to pray, but we also want to do what? Right. We want you listeners to go out and apply what we are talking about on this podcast. And by doing so, uh, we want to challenge you this week, go out to someone who you know, who is in a cult. And it's very easy if you live in Phoenix, because <laughs> Arizona is a heavy, heavily populated place for Mormons. Yeah. And a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. A lot of too. Jehovah's Witnesses too. Yeah. Uh, go out to people who you know, who are involved in these cults or false religions and share the true Jesus with them because they, they need that. And that's the point of our podcast is we, we definitely want to deepen your faith. We want to encourage you with understanding truth and good argument and, yeah. and what Scripture says and what's real. Um, so we want to <laughs> deepen your faith so that you can be confident that you know what's true. You believe what's real. Right. But we also want to equip you to go out into the world and to be a good witness for Jesus. So yeah, you can defend your faith, exactly. but you can also go on the offensive and help people to see what's wrong with what they believe and how Christianity is true because it's superior in its logic and in that it makes sense of reality. And so 
that's that's kind of what we're doing here. And one of my fears with this yeah. podcast is that a lot of people will listen and and they'll they'll love it because it's knowledge they're gaining and it's interesting. Yeah, right. But they never do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And that's not the purpose of this. The purpose of this is to build you up so that you go out and you're mobilized and you're equipped to talk with people about who Jesus is. And so we we right. really want you this week to go intentionally seek out a cult member <laughs> and talk with them about what they believe and talk with them about what you believe and who Jesus truly is. So please do that. And if you do, we'd love for you to share it on our uh, social media platforms. Uh, if you're an insider, please share it in there. If you're not, message us, put it on our regular Facebook page, share it on Instagram. Yes, we'd please. love to hear your stories about what God did through your conversation with somebody who doesn't believe in Christianity. Um, it's just so encouraging when we share what we're doing and how God's at work uh, wherever you're at and and uh, whatever your job is or whatever school you're going to uh, mm-hmm. we're all supposed to be ambassadors for Jesus and we need to go out and we need to do that yeah and uh, that's that's our goal of the podcast that's what we were talking about it's it's we're not in this for money we're not in this for uh, a bunch of to get a popular like a big sure. following our whole goal is to uh, make this into a ministry that shares knowledge with others about their faith. So that way Christians can be confident in their faith mm-hmm. and understand what they believe and be able to share this with others. So that's why we are challenging you to this week, find someone who you know who is not a believer and share the gospel with them. Yeah, we'd love for you to do that. Again, if you haven't followed us on Facebook, please do. We'd love for you to be in the Insiders group. And don't forget, the coffee tip this week is to do the coffee tip yes, last week. do it. It's so good. I, myself Egg included. Yolk coffee. Tyler, it. by next week, you better have tried it. I'm going <laughs> to berate you on the air if you didn't try it yet. I'm going to. Okay, good. So good. Well, hey, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We really appreciate you listening, and we'll be back next week to start our series on doubt. Thanks yes. for listening. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.